Hello and welcome to another week of Generic Air Porn. And this week we are joined by, well, you can say your name if you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go, I'll go for Ryan. Ryan, yeah. yeah. Um, how are you doing, Ryan? I'm good, yeah, glad to be on here. This is my first in person episode. Oh. Of generic airborne. I feel very privileged. Is that why you're not wearing any clothes as well? That's it. I wanted to make sure that you felt as comfortable as possible. Yeah. I read online that it helps to see your, audi- uh, your audience to be naked. Naked body, mm. naked personality as well. did say imagine them naked, but I okay. thought uh, that could be a lot of work to try and imagine what all the contours of my body are like. Yeah. You don't want me to get naked. Uh, no, I actually prefer that you, you keep your clothes on. I okay. think that'd be inappropriate. I think that's what they call yin and yang, isn't it? One of us mm-hmm. is naked, one of us is clothes. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, it's a bit cold in this room, not gonna lie. It is. Uh, as you can tell. Yep. Yes. <laughs> and uh, the broccoli tattooed around your nipple. Is that mm-hmm. a new addition? Uh, no, I had that actually from when I was uh, when I was six years old. Okay. Uh, I really liked broccoli. And yep. uh, I told my mum and she said, oh, He's a birthday present. Yeah. And uh, did she do the tattoo herself? She did. She did. She learned in prison. Did she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to talk about it, but what was she in prison for? Um, she. Is uh, it fraud? That was it. That was. Uh, she. She embezzled funds. Okay. As the, as you do as yeah. a as a nurse. That's all they're known for. <laughs> she, uh, no, she was part of the Italian mafia. Let's go with that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a bit of a mainstream mafia, in my opinion. I, I think yeah, the, a bit mainstream. The Polish mafia is more of an up-and-coming, lesser-known yeah. mafia. They're doing, yeah, so they're, they're wanting to invest in now, but certainly, like, long-term, if you just want good, safe returns. Mm. Italian mafia, deliver nicely, good-looking mafia. The Polish are a bit rougher around the edges. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you kiss someone in the Polish mafia, it's not received warmly, is it? Um, not tried. But well, um, I'm, I'm speaking from experience. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. Because your tattoo, I can see there, of a, of a quiche. That is clearly a sign of... Yeah, it's a vegetarian quiche, mind. There's no meat on it. Ah, very modern. As you can see. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very big tattoo. It costs more because of the colouring in of the gorget, but mm. you can see what you got to do. How's your day been going, Ryan? It's good. Yeah? It's been good. Yeah, lovely drive up here to the sunny south. Yeah. Nice, nice. How's, um, how's your day been? My day's been good. It's nice to be joined by a friend. It's a bit of an odd thing for me on a Wednesday uh, yeah. to take a half day of work. I'm looking forward to our little dip in the sea a bit later. Indeed, yeah. Yeah. We'll do a bit of Wim Hof. Wim Hof. Wim Hof. You heard of Wim Hof? I have heard of Wim Hof. Yeah. yeah. Cool guy. Our uh, audience might not know who he is. So do you want to go into yeah. the details of Wim Hof? So the Wim Hof is known as like the Iceman. Um, he says that people can control their physiology and psychology just from basic things which are free, which are going to the cold water through a cold shower or dipping in the sea and doing breathing techniques each day. And obviously he sets some Guinness World Records in terms of like swimming the length of the football pitch under frozen ice, oh um, holding one God. breath. Climbing Kilimanjaro, nothing but a pair of shorts. For real? Yeah. I didn't know about these. Yeah. That's incredible. And obviously, probably the most, thing he's most famous for was he was injected with um, 
an illness or a virus mm. and using the power of his mind while sat in an ice bath, he rejected the virus and he also trained 12 other people to do the same. How? Really? He's, do they know what virus? Um, I can't remember the name of the virus. He did mention it in one of his podcasts, but I can't remember what it was. Okay, I've got to learn more about that. That sounds absurd yeah. and it doesn't sound very scientific. This, well, so that's the thing. For a while, he was just saying, you can do these things, but now, right. he, has, now he has the science He's, to back him up. Really? That's quite incredible. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm really curious to see him sit in a bath and watch his body reject a virus. I just don't know how you... Just, just using the power of his mind. Yeah. Mm. And cold water. Cold water, mm. breath, mindset. Uh, well, I think that positive mindset obviously goes a long way. Yeah. And I think that doing things like uh, putting your body through tests uh, helps focus your mind. Hmm. Um, and so I actually really do believe in the stuff that he's teaching. Uh, it seems from descriptions of him that he tries to take it to sort of a higher level quite often, which is fine, but I don't know if it's like it's just sometimes people seem to it's a bit like when people go gluten-free mm -hmm. and suddenly they they feel better having gone gluten-free but now they believe that wheat causes every problem known in society or something like that yeah yeah it's like calm down yeah calm down and they think that everyone else should be following their example yeah well. and then they come up with some absurd thing like oh we're not meant to eat this Okay, well, we're not meant to use vaccines or anything else, but mm. there's clearly some evidence that. Yeah. Uh, or I'm just not going to stop eating pizza. That's the main thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just eating yeah. better in general would be good for your health. Eating better, eating good is good. <coughs> pizza is great. Yeah, well, it's like going vegetarian or vegan. Like people yeah. say, they feel better for it. I'm sure they actually do, but most of the times because they're actually eating mm -hmm. more fruit and vegetables, which is good for you. Mm. I think this ties in nicely to how sort of the vague topic of the episode, yeah. which is cults. Yeah. Uh, broadly speaking, mm -hmm. um, and modern, uh, modern, mainly modern day religion, uh, yes. I'm more interested in, um, and its impact in our everyday lives. And so I don't think anyone. Any, through virtue of trusting scientists, everyone requires faith to get through their day. Mm -hmm. uh, you fall to sleep with the faith that you're going to wake up. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd be in an awful state before going to bed. Um, and <coughs> you take every breath with the faith that you're going to receive oxygen. <coughs> um, and yet, then there's these extra faiths that we take on mm. by choice. We, you know, we sort of need those ones to survive. They're very, it's very obvious how uh, having faith that you're not going to be hit by a car is useful when walking down the street. Mm. Uh, but it's less clear when it's taken to the point of ritual, like having to go to a church building and mm. having to uh having to do prayers and ask for forgiveness and stuff like that it becomes <clears throat> less clear as to the way it's enriching your life and yet mm. for a lot of people clearly get a lot of benefit out of it yeah 
And I suppose a lot of it comes, well, from my experience, certainly speaking to other people, comes down to uh, internal or external validation, mm. doesn't it? Because obviously, you know, by going to church, it's a public thing you're doing. Yeah. Like prayer can be public, but then also can be private and mostly mm-hmm. is private on a daily basis. Things like worship can be public or private. Um, but then I suppose it comes down to the intention behind it, doesn't it? Like, yeah. are, are you doing it to put on a show so people see you as this virtuous person? Do you think quite a few people do that? Or... <clears throat> I think, I think any action really, there could be an external or internal motivation. Like, right. you know, if, if someone does an amazing feat of strength or endurance, um, athletics wise, obviously they might choose to put that on social media, for mm. example, which obviously is a, might just be showing what they're doing, but then of course it could be external validation for doing that thing. You know, you, yeah. you're getting those likes for achieving that. Um, it sort of extends the satisfaction out of completing it if you get external validation that's yeah you'd still you still gained a terrific amount from doing it but Mm -hmm. there's extra validation yeah but then maybe that's too much of a skeptical viewpoint of it maybe it's just a way of like blogging it keeping it somewhere like on instagram pages in a form of like a diary isn't it yeah but then i've got google photos Mm -hmm. um and so i don't need instagram at all Mm-hmm. I think there's very much, uh, yeah, there is such an enormous component to human nature, which is external validation. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, I'd never thought about prayer like that mm-hmm. or church. Yeah, because I think obviously having read the Bible in some detail, like even, I can't, I'm paraphrasing here, but what Jesus says was, you know, when you pray, go into your room and do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't be like the hypocrites standing on the street corners. They said they've received their reward in full, which I suppose what he's trying to say is actually, if you're doing a prayer just to gain other people's attention and to become the centre of attention, then you've received that external validation. But obviously what he's saying, by going to do prayer by yourself, you're, you're uh, reiterating that internal validation of like Interesting. having done something by yourself and just being seen by you and the belief that God is seeing you do it as well. I hadn't thought about, but so who, who said that? Jesus. Jesus? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was quite a vocal prayer, wasn't he, as well? But he, so he did, he, but he did internally pray as well. Mm. Well, he only ever taught one prayer, which, oh, is, which is the Lord's Prayer. Obviously, there are times where he prayed publicly, but in terms of actually saying, this is how you should pray, the Lord's Prayer, the only ever taught. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I suppose I, I feel like now is probably a good time to add some context to yeah, why definitely. we're here talking about religion and cults. So, um, yeah, so obviously I've grown up, I grew up in a church, which I suppose uh, at best you'd call cultish, mm-hmm. but probably more in reality, upon reflection and further study, you would say probably was a cult, um, which obviously opens up the question of what a cult is. Well, yeah, because, I mean, I... I uh, be interested to go into more detail, but essentially, uh, it's hard because uh, Christianity, to me, is without a doubt a cult. Mm-hmm. Um, the question to me is whether it's a cult that enriches people's lives and is something that you do, out, people do out of choice mm-hmm. to enrich their own lives, 
or whether it is something that indoctrinates and uh, imposes their will uh, mm. for their own self-preservation. Uh, that yeah, th those are the only reason. Those are the only reasons that we should question cults and challenge them. Mm. Um, but yeah, I see Christianity as a cult. So mm. you know, but from what it sounds like, yours uh, was involved in. Uh, it was less focused on enriching people's lives and more focused on making sure that people wanted to well had to remain within. Yeah, yeah. That's um, why. That's why a lot of it came down to control. Um, I suppose. Um, I yeah. I've actually got in front of me a useful um, document. If anyone wants to look this up, then they're welcome to. It's on. It's written in two thousand nine by the Guardian as to like signs of a cult. Because obviously, if you just Google mm. cult, it's very vague. And I suppose it talks about basically any religion, which is mm. like the idea of coercion and control within a belief in God. Right. Um, so God is actually tied in with the term cult, or is that? Uh, yeah. Well, according to this simplified Google definition, mm. um, obviously Scientology, mm. they believe in God. No. They believe in some sort of space slug. Yeah. But then this is also the issue of some of the definitions, because obviously the definition of religion is like mm. a belief in God. But then we say Buddhism is a religion, but they don't believe in God either. Mm. So that doesn't fit within that little definition either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in terms of like some of the things which I think validate the fact that the church I went to was a cult, um, the church I went to for 16 years. So I suppose like the first one would probably be um, absolute authoritarianism without meaningful accountability. Right. Can you go into your personal experience of... Yeah. So the church I went to is um, surrounded by other churches, mm -hmm. um, but there was never any links with the other churches. They were viewed as like independent. So it wasn't tied to a specific denomination like Church of England or Catholic right. or whatever. Um, and, that, and I suppose growing up at the time, I thought that's, we were told that's a good thing because it means you're not under the external pressure of the other church within that denomination you know because mm -hmm. obviously I, I suppose it's probably fair to say that certain churches haven't got a great reputation i think it's probably an easy way to say it <laughs> uh so yeah so seen as that so but also within the church it was <clears throat> run by just one family right so where the father was the pastor yeah um all four kids were affected, were paid members of the church. Right. Which, of course, comes into the topic of money. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And it's interesting how money is often tied in with these institutions. Mm. And I think money was an issue because, so, so as well as being paid to work for the church, mm -hmm. and by the way, when these people had these jobs yeah this family had these jobs there was never an open application for anyone else to go for the jobs right do you see what i mean so you know so it's not as if it, they got the job based on merit having more qualifications than someone else right they got the job because of who they related to effectively right 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 um 
but then one of the issues with money is that the people who were working for the church all had houses in nice houses in nice areas and yeah there were people coming to the church from local poorer areas mm-hmm. who were being told to tithe so tithing is where you give 10 percent of your wealth wow each month your uh, wealth mm-hmm. so, so, not your so, so sorry so sorry your salary your salary yeah okay. and obviously that depends on how much you earn obviously yeah. It's, it's, yeah um now of course the issue with that is that poor people effectively living in council houses mm-hmm. um struggling to make ends meet are therefore giving their money to a church and that money is being used for these people who are on one income because the wives wouldn't work right. this is very traditional patriarchy in that sense they don't believe in the wives working i don't know if they don't necessarily believe in it but the wives weren't working right and they didn't have to because because husbands were work husbands were in employment and they could live in a nice area right in nice houses and so, that's yeah. who the money was going to yeah and then these people also uh let's just say put their money towards non-essentials shall we say so, can you, can so, you give so, an example a boat bloody hell yeah it's just so it's but it's, it's just interesting the way that it's it's so cliched mm-hmm. you know what i mean that's not um obviously if they were taking this money and setting up some sort of food system, housing system, mm-hmm. buying property, renting it out for free, mm-hmm. da any of those things, it would add a real level of complexity mm. to the debate on whether they are a force for good or, uh, or not. And yeah. when you hear that, but then it's hard because if they're being paid a salary to work for the church and they're working for themselves also, how do you separate any personal hmm. expense from, from the their church, church expenses? Yeah. Um, do you know how much they're being paid? Um, no, I can't know. I can't no. say that I do. Um, if I did, I might be happy to share, but I can't say I do. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but I think also was interesting before we kind of go any further. I was watching this documentary the other day on Netflix. You might have heard of it. It's called um, Pray Away. It's basically also on Netflix about the kind of closing down of um, so-called conversion therapies. Oh, right. so, so the belief that if you're, if you're you know, having difficulties with your sexuality, right. i.e. You're not he- you don't specifically believe you're heterosexual, mm. or if you... Um, suffering with gender issues the idea is you can go to these conversion therapies right and they will help you unpack why that is and set you on the straight and narrow as mm-hmm. it were and also where there's other documentaries like this of certain cults um i think i kind of watch these documentaries in a different way because obviously having now been through that and i don't watch it and i'm like oh my goodness how on earth could people get into that it's kind yeah, of, yeah. i watch it, i'm like it kind of hit, yeah, hit, hits home. Not, I don't think I necessarily carry any guilt about that because obviously the time I left when I was um, 21. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily feel like I was part of pushing but that or was encouraging part of the part of the church. And why do you think it was? Was it profitable to convince people it was uh, they had a problem 
and that you, they can help them. I'm guessing. So, goes. so just to clarify, so I use the prayer awareness example. Yeah. Um, the church I went to didn't do any any conversion therapies like that. Okay, but no, I just I just use sort of things mm. were similar to what the church would get involved with, but not something yeah. that they'd actually done. Yeah, right. Yeah, they would they allow someone that was homosexual into your church, into that church. I was never aware of anyone who came to the church who was homosexual. Um, I know that there were people who came along briefly. They probably just didn't feel very welcome. Pro- no, they probably didn't feel welcome at all. Right. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, I remember there's family friends of ours who were, well, still are as well as I'm aware, mm-hmm. a lesbian couple. Um, and, you know, them saying that they would absolutely not want to go there because they wouldn't feel welcome. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I completely believe it. That's an, a perfect example of where church... Uh, so I grew up Bishop Luffer, mm-hmm. probably as healthy a balance as you could get at the time between religion and uh, atheism, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it could be it could be healthier, but there wasn't much of that available. Um, but you sort of religion, what it is to me is there's uh, I don't follow it at all. I don't find it very useful in my life. But mm-hmm. you know, when, when I, the the times of which I've listened and understood is when they're saying, "Oh, you know, God is love, and He can help you mm-hmm. give." He can forgive you, but actually what's ha- happening in that process is it's a stepping stone to forgiving yourself, mm-hmm. but not uh, abdicating responsibility. Mm-hmm. So it's you going, these are my actions. I've committed problems. I've committed sins. I need to, and what needs to constantly be modernized is what is considered a sin. Mm. Um, and only because I think there probably is some sort of idealistic point at which you get to where um, we have beautifully documented uh, what is good behaviour and what is bad behaviour but we know it's not there yet Mm -hmm. we know society's not there yet we don't remotely know um, we know how wrong we were in the last 50 years even, that because we were telling people they shouldn't be gay, regardless of whether you're religious or not. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and it took a long, it wasn't just religion that was slow to that, it was all of society, but now it's religion that is struggling to learn that they can change their rules and hmm. still be religion, they can still be church, they can... Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I kind of view it a bit skeptically probably naturally given the um kind of environment which i grew up in um but i think like a lot of churches are kind of changing their way now to suddenly say you know you can be gay you can come to church or you can be gay and be a christian mm-hmm. i think i mainly see that as them changing their viewpoint because less people are interested in formalized religion yeah and like i think well they need more people to come along to therefore get involved in helping out and volunteering and paying towards mm. it to keep it functioning effectively. Mm. And they realize that they're not in a privileged position where they can. And ironically, it's because they, yeah, they, they rely like 
all infrastructure mm. on money. Mm. Um, and so, and money is obtained by participation. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that, is, that that's the beautiful thing about it. When you can't print it, you have to encourage people to participate. Yeah. Um, and that it's good to see that that uh, I I perceive that as capitalism is actually encouraging religion to modernize, and therefore, although greed is evil, and greed can corrupt capitalism, mm. and it can corrupt the church. It's actually there is this sort of other side to it in which it encourages humans to work together more. Mm. We are all more profitable when we are operating on truth, good debate. And, and it's, you can see it in the church in the way that it's trying to modernize in order to encourage people to come back. I don't think they need to try that hard. Um, they should, if they were running themselves properly, I think it, it would be a very enticing prospect to a lot of people these days mm. to have a place where they go on Sunday, where there's a different group of people to their work and everything like that. Mm. Uh, they can talk through their issues. Yeah. It just so happens that the person at the altar needs to understand what the issues of the area are and what they need to talk about and how to redistribute funds that are coming into that mm. central spot, which yeah. doesn't necessarily seem to have modernized with the times. Yeah. I suppose that raises a question of, is it, is it the responsibility of religion to govern and sort out money issues? Yeah. Is it, is it religion's issue to eradicate poverty, for example? I don't, so that is a, what do you believe on that? I'll hear your view first and I'll, I'll yeah? say my thing, yeah. It's a really good question. It's a really good like thought mm. experiment. I think in the, my view And the reason sorry, the reason why I've raised that is because obviously I think you have a kind of dichotomy between what people believe, because you say that people are less interested in formalised religion. Mm -hmm. And yet they and yet on the other hand they say that formalised religion such as the Catholic Church, as an, as an example, and mm -hmm. um, should do more to eradicate poverty, um, and and like obviously people talk a lot about the fact that Jeff Bezos, the Amazon mm -hmm. CEO, effectively has enough wealth to technically, in some ways, eradicate uh, monetary poverty. But mm -hmm. what's not as commonly known is the Catholic Church also could. Yeah. Um, and also, but also, the British government and the American government mm -hmm. all have the ability to print money. Yeah. Uh, that's been known since the dawn of time, mm -hmm. or since the dawn of its inception, by everyone in power, uh, both parties. They, the, the issue is money is not what feeds people mm. and what shelters people. Um, it represents goods and services in your area. So if you give money to every homeless person, uh, you may change their lives that day, mm -hmm. uh, but it will very quickly just lead to the same supply and demand issue. Yeah. Um, it's about using, it, it should always be about increasing supply. Mm. Um, yeah. And that's, so that's why in answer to that theory, I don't believe it is the church's responsibility to eradicate poverty. No. However, if someone's coming up to that church with a problem, mm. I believe it's their responsibility 
to offer sound advice, good yeah. advice. Mm. Typically, that advice should be, uh, you know, it, if it can be, I mean, it's same for the government. If the government, most of the time, I think the government would be better off if they just offered advice how to get out of debt mm -hmm. and just told them what loans they shouldn't have gotten and whether, yeah. you know, help them find jobs. I don't necessarily believe putting money in their hands, although I completely see that would get them a meal uh, or could buy them rent in a property, mm. uh, but you're not increasing the supply of goods. No. So if you have a conversation with this person, you supply support networks, uh, you will end up helping a lot more people. That's what the church should do, is they shouldn't look around and say, it's our responsibility to help everyone, mm -hmm. just the people that ask for it. Let yeah. them know that they can ask for help here and then do their very best to be successful at helping those people. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you actually, in terms of I don't think just giving people money is the answer to sorting out poverty. A lot of the time it comes around to education. Obviously like, education can come from a school that could come from a religious organization. Mm -hmm. And obviously for the negative elements of religion, which you mentioned, I think a lot of the time it's not necessarily publicly known how much good they do do in terms of societal issues, you know, money, mm -hmm. bit of poverty being an example. You know, there's um there's a church called Holy Trinity Brompton in London, mm -hmm. it's part of the Church of England. It's um, set up this thing called the money course, you know, and it's free for people to attend. It's about budgeting, it's about saving, it's about you know, how to handle your finances well. Mm -hmm. um, and as I think that's a really important thing which doesn't necessarily get a lot of attention. Um, but I completely agree with you that in the same way as someone who perhaps wins the lottery might end up bankrupt within a few years yeah. because they don't know how to handle that money, mm -hmm. you know, proper education is probably the way of helping people in poverty. Yeah. Right, that's all we've got time for. Thank you very much, Ryan, for that. Uh, great episode, and we'll chat to you soon. Speak soon. Bye.